Well, now we know very clearly who's running Instagram, right? I mean, Kylie Jenner sneezed and boy, that really gave everyone a cold. And what a reaction it was. <laughs> yes, the pandemic of... I'm so glad of... she did. Yeah, and I'm, I'm kind of glad that the pandemic of Instagram dissatisfaction is spreading. Uh, because usually I'm not much for these things, but I've started seeing uh, recommendations on why Instagram is, you know, dead and why there's going to be a new social platform soon and things like that, which we all know is going to consolidate eventually. Instagram and social media in general is not going anywhere, but just goes to show that, you know, whims and fancies and uh, these things are still very much relevant and probably at a bigger scale in today's times. Actually true. And I think uh, maybe beyond a point, they're not whims and fancies. I think um, people do start having certain expectations around the platform and then they start making plans around it. Right. And those are very real world plans with uh, financial implications for a business. And, you know, honestly, when I saw this uh, whole bit on how everything is going to be about reels and i'm thinking hurry for my business that it's just going to be so awkward now um, trying to make uh, you know basically ppts with music correct? <laughs> <laughs> like, and once they don't we don't have to manually scroll yeah <laughs> yeah and it's and and i'm not going to put myself in front of the camera and and point to different places in the air and then add you know, captions to that and all of that. So it was very, it did leave you feeling um, a bit uh, kind of betrayed in a in, in, in a certain way, right? Like stop changing things. I'm just getting the hang of you and now, <laughs> now you're someone else. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> they matter. All the little things add up to how much time a business owner, you know, will spend on a platform, what resources they'll allocate to it, what can they expect from it. And um, I have uh, another uh, friend who who runs a small kind of bookstore slash publishing house, etc. And this had her in panic saying, oh my God, now I have to sit and make reels and outsourcing that to her felt like a very costly endeavor. Like if, you know, someone has to make really professional videos, it, it does. It's going to add up. Money. It's going to add up over a period of time. And you, you always feel like you've never cracked the code, right? Oh. Welcome to the Damn Good Marketing Podcast. Today is episode 12 and the last episode of season one. And we're both excited, a little lost, a little bit. I think we're going to miss this a little bit, but only for a while because we're going to come back soon. Until then, today we are discussing why marketing is almost, you know, one step away from monkhood sometimes. Like if you could do marketing, you could probably be one of the most serene, peaceful individuals in the world. (laughs) Or you could also go the other way. And just kind of thinking about the, you know, Instagram reel situation and Kylie Jenner going out and saying, what the hell are you up to, right? Uh, it just makes me think a lot of times brands don't really have a stake in any of these things, right? Unless you're a much loved brand and that's what Kylie Jenner is. She is, first of all, somebody that a lot of people follow uh, and kind of, you know, consume content from. So if she says something, it makes a difference. But if I'm a small business owner with a few thousand followers, just doing my own thing. And I had somebody come back and say this to me, I think last week, where they said, I have this toy brand. It's up and coming. It's a very uh, nascent thing. But I used to have a lot of, you know, loyal followers. They'd see my content. They'd visit the website. They'd tell me that this product 
product is nice it's not or whatever but these days they don't even see my content in their feed so how are they going to even react to it which is why i'm genuinely thinking if i should kind of switch up from instagram completely no totally get it i think uh, we're at the mercy of these platforms and then there comes a time when you you give into it and you say hey i don't have a choice there's uh, how much i put in there's certain return i am getting and then you you chug along and then there are times when it frustrates you is it let me just ditch all this and it does make a difference in terms of whether you focus your energy on building the business which then can automatically lead to some posts on social media because you're doing the work or do you then look for okay who's going to write the content who's going to design who's going to post who's going to track the metrics uh, that that's a huge overhead yeah and it it's it's a big decision both ways right like whether you choose to keep going or whether you choose to stop entirely it's not a small thing that you just woke up overnight and you made a choice and it's completely reasonable and rational that you would seek a lot of opinions you would kind of worry about it and obsess over it and that's where i feel like there's a very thin line between you know uh, being reactive in the context of marketing versus uh, maybe just having a mindset that these changes are fundamental and they'll continue to exist until the end of time and therefore it's okay that they exist and let me just move on and go with the flow to the extent possible but that's still you know the problem that you mentioned uh, and i think one of our guests uh, from the last episode he articulated it so beautifully wherein he said all companies today are also content creation and media companies right so not only are you building this business but you're also building an extremely strong content bent strength to support that business so true and i think the break that i've given myself is to say it's okay to take a break and it's okay to kind of take a pause and figure out what's working and come back and do more of uh, more of that but um, it's it's as a small business as a you know like for me largely it's just two three of us right working on the content that i need to put out there i think keep it really simple um keep it something that is in a way easily repeatable so there's some kind of template to most of the things that you do for example if we have this podcast then we it's it's largely over a period of time it gets templated right like that is true template. yeah right the effort is in where you want to really put it in terms of the topic the research the speaking to relevant people etc all that and and we love putting that part of the effort but the rest of it can i templateize it saying okay this is what the artwork will look like this is the platform that i will choose to host it on because it's a simple upload and plug and play kind of stuff and then this is how i will promote it and you know keep yeah. all of that as simple as possible don't don't overthink it uh, don't keep trying to do new stuff every week uh, yeah. that's, that's not really the core the core is the content of the podcast that is true and also it is overwhelming to keep switching context constantly right that's a bit of a, <laughs> a tongue twister but i just feel like if we are not sure of something then maybe it's not the right platform and i've done this before wherein i felt the need to maybe do four things at a time or five things at a time and just keep them all going at the same time and frankly it doesn't work it genuinely doesn't work and i think uh, especially for really small teams where it's just one person or two people running the show the best thing to do is to just 
sit down and be objective about what is possible over a longer period of time and make that the focus of the content bucket right like i know for a fact that if we do 30 40 minute episodes which is what we've been doing so far uh, it is possible to subsequently turn them into uh, blog posts and you know at least that's what the common knowledge says that you know linkedin posts should be born out of this and i'm sure it is it's just that i can't do it right now while also doing the podcast is what i'm trying to say oh. Correct, correct. Yeah, and uh, I think that applies for every part of uh, what we do, right? Like uh, initially experiment. So try maybe just two three platforms, create an account, see what it looks like. Just like anything that you may do, if it's if you're choosing CRM software, if you're choosing billing software, like try two three, see what works with your style of doing stuff, and uh, then then give it a longer run, and don't. then keep second guessing that oh should i have also done this should i have also try that so if instagram is working stick with it for a while if linkedin is working better stick with that for a while give hmm. it time to also kind of get to know you and and respond <laughs> to what you're yeah, doing yeah that is true yeah and i think some time is again a bit of a subjective thing but at least a few months wouldn't you say i mean yeah. without yeah. that much i think today nothing works Yeah, I think, uh, and I've I've seen it with some of the work that we put out. Um, initially, there's it's silence, right? It's it's all quiet, and folks are receiving our content, whether it's a newsletter or whether it's new set of blogs or it's a podcast episode. And it takes a few months for them to say, okay, even you are consistently at it. So this is something that I can keep expecting from you, and this is something that you also value. And then slowly the feedback starts coming in. that's true yeah yeah and let that feedback also kind of marinate a little bit uh, because even for us between episode and episode uh, 1 and 12 we've come quite the distance i would say in terms of just knowing with a little more clarity as to what people want to see and that's because somebody has come up to us and said it it's not that we've read minds or that anybody can it's just that when you give it that time you know right right correct no it's it's a it's a tough game and um, it a lot of it is about uh, sticking with it and i genuinely think somehow keeping it simple is going to help when you're when you have only limited resources and uh, keeping it simple also forces you to think about what's unique or different or special about you yeah Because yeah today, everyone is pretty much selling i don't know the same thing right in in that category <laughs> yeah 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 no this is a very real challenge that uh, exists and also something that we've been seeing uh, because i think very recently we've been working in a domain that's quite crowded and everybody thinks they are different but they are actually not right and it's very difficult because uh, first of all you can't market something that doesn't exist it's as simple as that right uh, and for that difference to exist it takes a lot of hard work right opportunities do exist it's just that they walk around uh, you know in greasy overalls and they look a lot like hard work which i think is why we don't see them right like we don't notice those opportunities because they take internal change even before it can be communicated externally right so if i'm genuinely selling something that everybody else is i think the biggest proof of concept that i would draw from is what are my customers saying about me right and how does that compare with reviews for other service providers today reviews are very freely available and we can just go on the internet and check out our competitors so we know what is being said about them and we know what our customers say about us and i think that's a great place to draw those differences from uh, and just you know go big on them because it if it matters to the customer it should matter to you 
and it can be frustrating that everything that you try uh, generally what you hear is it takes time or give it time yeah yeah you feel like i don't have this time if i had it it wouldn't be you know i'd be doing so many other things i want to know if it's working and if i need to move on but um that that instant feedback loop or that instant gratification is not going to come the even the instant gratification of like 20 30 likes on a post yeah to get there that is true like i was just thinking about that reminded me of my highest liked post so far on linkedin which also has not hit the 100 mark by the way uh it was because i had finished uh, a certification from somewhere and well that's great news and i feel good about it and lots of people apparently do feel good about it as well it's not really done anything for me beyond that point right like today you go ask those 50 people hey did you know this and this person did the certification they will be like what i had no idea right so i think likes and things are very short term uh, outcomes for a much of a longer term uh, situation i would say and while the image that you build may add up over time i don't think a single individual post on any platform is really going to make a difference yeah no matter how viral it goes <laughs> yeah so true <laughs> you know speaking of virality why don't we pick you know our highlights from past episodes i was thinking with guests and obviously with ourselves and see if you know our thought process has changed maybe over a period of time uh, in the context of these conversations that's that's an interesting thing to do let's do and now i'm going to jump back to i guess my favorite persona or person okay. which, is, which is the uh, small business owner end of the day uh, yeah. small medium but basically someone um, not big enough to have huge marketing budgets uh, and huge spend ability yeah so should we in any way or form or is there a, a smart way to focus on making your content go viral and i think the fundamental question coming back to should we even try hmm that's a very interesting question and i think uh, one of the things that we don't talk about in any conversation about virality is the initial days of the campaign or rather the initial touch points in a campaign right even for you and me to have seen a cred campaign uh, and i'm going to set aside the you know Mm, platform level advertising and the tv advertising because that's a whole different topic in itself and uh, i mean once you shoot it to a million people obviously it will be seen yeah. by some of them but if we just talk about how a campaign like this was discovered on social media so brands usually identify an initial set of influencers who can put out content about this so while a deepika may have been a happy accident uh, i'm sure cred had paid at least 10 15 people to share that content and secondly it's not a it's not an accident that they chose uh, you know tanmay bhat and company to write these ads right because they themselves have a certain clout because they are creators in their own right and great content by the way so the moment an ad like this is put out from some of these guys it's already being exposed to an xyz number of people so coming back to your question what can a small business owner do obviously you can't spend on influencers you can't you know rope in four celebrities every time you have a campaign but even the simple act of sharing it with your friends and saying hey go hit a like on this hey go share it on your networks identifying people in our network who already have a certain cloud say i may be connected to 100 people but my friend might be connected to 1000 yeah. and if i feel like that 
audience is somebody who might be interested in what i have to say then i'm going to reach out to 10 such friends and ask them to share it further so before it can be picked up by the world at large a certain amount of network effect has to come into play and this is true of all campaigns we don't see it because by the time something goes viral we are on the receiving end of it but everybody does this in fact there's a company in the united states called the dollar shave club one of the earliest direct to consumer brands um, that we speak about they made a very simple uh, very on brand video and then they put a lot of pr muscle behind it so whatever budget they had in a way they put news articles in four five papers saying here's a campaign they reached out to four five influencers saying hey please you know promote this and we'll give you a percentage of every sale that's made from your account uh, things like that are very much still in place no i do think uh, the distribution bit still holds very very true right i mean uh, there's enough and more noise out there for it to not matter like why should somebody invest in you after a point you know and i think we see this early days lots of people want to come out and support us but over a period of time we have to find that extra audience who will get equally invested and who will start uh, you know paying attention to what we have to say and what we are selling uh, and that's where i think that direct translation between distribution versus outcomes right like in the example that we just discussed uh, there is that whole affiliate marketing piece wherein you put a link to my product and i'll pay you a commission right i think those tactics are not going to go anywhere frankly no true true uh, and i think i still believe like what we spoke about then that uh, that one big hurrah won't get you anywhere but uh, keeping at it in uh, in good way like you know good content and kind of repeating that trend or repeating that style etc it pays off right and that's a different kind of uh, maybe being viral in a sustained sense yeah so yeah if i look at um, i don't know even if not a brand even if not like a swiggy or a, which we we refer to often even if i look at someone like danish said um it's not like or you know ayoshrata it's not like only one video went viral yeah yeah and they're a hit overnight they had to keep repeating that format again and again for a while and uh, till it's something that people now identify with them and look forward to it from them um and now you're like oh every ayoshrata video goes viral yeah 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 because you are expecting to be amused right so yeah, yeah but to get to that point the the hill has to be climbed yeah i do think staying relevant is a new viral do you think we should make t-shirts with that no, no, t-shirts to make us it up so true yeah so the next one and how do we know that uh, we're focusing on the right you know you said ml so there's obviously data that has to go into that system for me to get answers or me to get insights so how do i figure out if i'm focusing on the right things hmm actually this is going to be a more abstract answer and i think that's how it should be as well because unless you focus on the right thing at the systems level all the operational elements are just subsets right uh for example i like what uh, alberts the vp of marketing at alberts his name is himanshu sinha he says because alberts is about sustainability so as a brand when i think of alberts i think oh they make sustainable shoes that's my first thought but he says just selling sustainability i don't think that's a feasible and viable plan or a business plan at all it's essential it's in our dna and we want to do everything right by the planet but at the end of the day that's not what we are selling we are selling shoes 
and we are selling footwear we are selling apparel and we want to make sure that they are the best in quality and performance so you can clearly see the systems level focus on the right things yeah. you know much as i may love an albert shoe for its sustainability story and of course it's more recent adidas partnership the fact is unless it's comfortable i'm not going to come back and buy it a second time yeah i think it takes me back to that kesidas son papdi right finally yes. that that it has to still taste really good yeah no i think here uh, the answer has evolved uh, thanks to this podcast in a way and all the guests who have come in over a period of time i still do think that the product focus is important uh, like we were discussing earlier you can't sell an empty vessel right like unless you're in the business of selling vessels uh, so that's where i think uh, How, how does it translate tactically right like while i do have this focus and i'm communicating it in whatever way and means possible uh, how do i still engineer that growth uh, you know and i think aniket uh, had a wonderful answer on that so i think uh, that makes a lot of sense for someone who uh, essentially wants to be successful in the more in the modern and digital world that we live in i mean there are certain things that you can always do to ensure that uh, you know you're doing the best job that you can so as as a marketer yeah so i mean the the top top thing is that you have to continuously ab test till you till you can't breathe mm. um, ab test your <laughs> campaigns ab test your audiences ab test your ad creatives uh, whatever it is because uh, the more you experiment the more you get insights and the more uh, the better your campaigns become and then that's when you can train a tool to replace you essentially Yep, and the last one. Uh, so this episode I've chosen purely because of its metrics, right? Like uh, it's called uh, "Why Are My Ad Campaigns Just Not Working?" And apparently that seems to be a really, really big problem because it continues to be our highest ranking episode over a period of time. And uh, there's an interesting piece in there, uh, Subha, where you talked about uh, the platforms having our best interests at heart. Uh, so yeah, that's the one I thought we should uh, give a re-listen to. with me what i'm hearing also is that just using the tools on the platform is not enough like i would assume that okay if i go to an instagram ad page and you know kind of tinker around with the settings and find an audience etc that's probably not enough this needs deep expertise and uh, someone who has kind of dedicated a lot of learning into the kind of ad space would that be right is that where some of us as business owners are going wrong thinking that the platform has our best interest at heart well we can all hope that the platform has our best interest at heart um but i think a little bit of effort needs to go into understanding your audience first okay what are the things that motivate them what are the things that trigger them how can you cajole them into becoming a part of your community so unless in that effort in understanding their life and their life cycle um the stages of life that they are in it becomes very difficult for you to reel them in with the right content so initially i mean identifying the motivations and identifying the behavioral patterns of people is literally the first step of your customers right like it's it's literally the first step then later on you feed those learnings into the platform and see what the platform is going to throw back at you no i mean i i think i still i still agree with that um, finally the platform is also somebody's business right they're not they're not in in like the charity game to to just grow us 
so there's yeah. going to be there's going to be you know rules to abide by they're going to change things because something is working better for them and genuinely making more money because god knows they all don't make money apparently for a long long time so <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> i'll believe that <laughs> So I think uh, being cognizant that you are in a way riding on something else or someone else and uh, that's that's going to change at some point and they're going to make tweaks and now suddenly like, okay, everybody get onto the metaverse because we believe God lives in the metaverse. Like then you, have to, <laughs> you have to follow if you feel that uh, I also want to be there because a lot of people are going to be trying it out and you can't, I mean, Today, can we sit and complain that, oh, I, I want to be on Clubhouse? I mean, be there, but there's nobody else. Know there. that nobody. Yeah, yeah. And it's also quite interesting what you said, right? I mean, first, the platform exists. It's meant to be this community uh, utopia in a way. And then people go there and then brands follow them. And then the ads come into the picture and then people leave. So it seems to be a repetitive cycle. And I think it's going to live on until the end of time, which apparently is 30 years from now. <laughs> I mean, we still make those MySpace jokes, right? So, I mean, everybody was yeah. there, everybody did leave. And, and so that's that's how it's going to be. Yeah, so true. And now I think it is time for Topical. We should uh, bring in the curious cat before we take a break the show. And now it's time for the much-awaited Topical. So, Subha, you've donned the hat of a content creator, an advisor to companies that are trying to grow uh, their business and using content as a means to do that. Uh, during that time, what do you see as your most satisfying, I think, uh, success story? That's interesting. You're right. I've, I've been lucky to be a lot of growth journeys uh, or kind of work with them at very early stage. And uh, I think to me, still the one that I continue to hold dear is um, Shumi Toys. Um, they're a Bangalore-based company making, you know, eco-friendly wooden toys. And uh, I was with them from very, very early days, literally when, you know, they had just kind of started on social media. And yeah. the kind of, now when I look back, the kind of things we experimented with, Facebook groups, um, you know, we did a podcast run there we used small events we used mom influencers we did blogs various kind of posts for moved from more of an fb focus to an insta focus but it's yeah. been a, it's been five six years and i think uh, this last weekend they got a shout out from uh, prime minister modi on monkey bath yeah, being yeah. an eco-friendly toy maker in Bangalore and uh, I mean it feels awesome like just to see how when you stick at stick to it uh, and also fundamentally stick to your core like make damn good toys <laughs> so true right? yeah yeah and also what stood out to me in that story is the experiment bit right as a marketer I think the job is to experiment and we should never forget that and maybe we have another t-shirt called experimental <laughs> maybe I don't know I'm just thinking <laughs> A dog this time <laughs> <laughs> but the fans will still continue <laughs> so be careful what you wish for so which uh, project or kind of set of clients or people has given you the most joy in a way like it's the whole and sometimes you know it, the joy comes even with, with projects that didn't work out but like which which do you think gave you the most joy hmm 
It's an interesting question uh, because just yesterday I was reading a list of five things and how you would prioritize them in your own career. And there were options like money, creativity, uh, status, uh, success and uh, employees. Like which was, what order would you put them in? And somehow I think for me, creativity came out top, uh, which uh, surprised me also a little bit. I think wherever we've had that flexibility to be creative with our solutions, I've definitely enjoyed those projects an immense amount, which is true of so many things like Blue Sapphire is one of the first that I can think of in that context, because we had conversations, we had tough conversations from time to time, which is the name of the game. But at no point did we have uncreative conversations, you know, like it was always the birth of something new. And I always enjoyed that. Uh, And generally, um, we are working with some clients who are doing something really, really different in various industries. And all of those conversations, whenever we have a chance to just go a little crazy, I think uh, has been my happiest interaction. Yeah. So true. It's always about, uh, I think it always comes down to the people, no? Ah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually, I mean, all things mean that. And, and I say that in the sense that it's the people who gave you that space to be creative and gave yeah, you yeah. trusted in you and, and made you feel like you're part of that community and you're part of that story, right? I think that yeah. makes a world of difference. And genuinely, I mean, uh, if I think about it, do I want to work in places of discomfort to some extent, but do I want to work in places of rejection? No, no longer. I think I'm over it. I know that there is something that we bring to the table and I'm happy to just, you know, go with whoever is able to see that. So what's the weirdest conversation you've had in the last six, seven years of being in business? I, the weirdest, I um, mean, not one specific one, but there have been quite a few where you have somebody from the client side and I've had requests saying, how do I put this? I've had clients say, I know this is not what you would recommend or this is not what we should be doing or this mm. is not something good, but my founder wants it. Oh, yeah, so that's we'll too common, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just do it because uh, they're somehow convinced. So I'll just, you know, let's just go along yeah. with it. Yeah. And the sad thing about that is even if the founder was right and whatever, eventually the buy-in is not there from day zero. So yeah, I mean, it's a heartbreaking conversation, frankly, to have. Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode 12 and the entire season of the Damn Good Marketing Podcast. There are just two things that we know for certain. One of them is that there is going to be a season two and we are going to come back. And the other thing that I'm growing in terms of certainty is that we will have t-shirts eventually. So to place your t-shirt orders, just check the show notes and um, our LinkedIn profiles are there. <laughs> And until we are back with a season two, which I'm pretty sure, I mean, with, you know, a co-host like Subha and all of the amazing guests that we've had, I think it's only going to get better and better. You never know. I mean, platforms change. The world changes. Maybe we'll see you in the metaverse. Hopefully not. <laughs> see you. Bye.